Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So about Michael Jordan, how you gonna hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. The podcast where we answer the question, the question that everybody wants to know. How do you hate from outside the finals? You can't even get in. How can you hate from outside the finals? You can't even get in. That is like the main question that everybody wants to know. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to talk about who is the best at what. We have awards podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. We're going to talk about the MVP, the rookie of the year, mm. most improved. We're going to see if maybe LeBron James might be left off some lists. Let's see. You know what I mean? Is Anthony Davis going to be left off some lists? More than likely, he's made a paper mache. We're going to see some things. We're going to learn a lot today. Jason, what are you feeling about today? Uh, all I feel like is today is the vibe of burning down villages. It would feel like conquerors today. We're, we're, we're built to be today of people that just are going to tear down what everybody else is so stupid about basketball saying. And yes, I that was a dog squeaky toy was just in my hand, which was what <laughs> I burned down villages with. <laughs> you think I burned down villages with a dog squeaky toy? <laughs> I got to find this up. So there was a mock draft. I mean, not a mock draft, but like a mock like who wins what awards today. Mm. Um. Let me see if I can find that. Give me one second. I think it was on Bleacher Report, actually. I think it might have been Bleacher Report's, like, who wins what. Let me see if I can find it. What are your end-of-the-season thoughts? Here's some things that happened in the media today. For one, Frank Vogel finally got fired after three NBA seasons with the Lakers. Thoughts. Dear God, what, what's the point of waiting till the last game of the season the day after? Nobody gets fired the <laughs> day after the season's end. If they haven't known for like months on end that this guy sucks at coaching and you just wasted LeBron James averaging 30 points a game because for some reason Frank Vogel is getting this leniency, which I completely disagree with. I mean, Frank Vogel is not an NBA head coach. I wouldn't trust him to co- coach my little league team in your local high school. I don't care. This guy can't coach. That's the reality. And they knew the reality. And I feel like the Lakers showed that they suck organizationally as well by the way that they handled this situation and, wa- and waiting to the offseason. They basically gave up on this year. Honestly, yeah. that's the way I view it. Because you remember that there was like some... There was some news like <clears throat> that the Lakers were on such a downward trajectory that they were going to like evaluate Frank Vogel game by game and possibly fire him after the All-Star break if they never improved. Yes. Well, newsflash, guys, they never improved. And you went until the <laughs> last game of the season and be like, wait a second. Exactly. Now I see it. Now I see exactly. what you guys are talking about. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, listen. The Lakers, I respect the organization because they're storied, you know, dynasty. Oh, my God, Kobe, you know, Wilt, Jerry West, you know, ah, 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 you know, all these big names, LeBron, okay. Ah, ah. But there comes a time when the finger needs to be pointed at an organization. There's a lot of things wrong with that front office. Um, I mean, like, <clears throat> from what I hear is that, you know, even with – okay, so I feel that in Cleveland – because I'm going I'm to talk about something for a second. In Cleveland – there, we don't have much leverage. You know what I mean? We're we're, we're a, you know we're a losing team, a losing 
uh, we didn't have a dynasty. We didn't have a championship caliber team. We draft LeBron or whatever. LeBron is able once he's like developing to the person that we think who, the player that we thought he was going to be. He of course he can have whatever he wants. We're going to give him whatever he wants every single time. You know what I mean? Just so we can yeah. make him happy, make him stay. He, you know, they had a little more leverage because they had a championship and I mean a championship caliber player in Dwayne Wade. They got a championship out of Dwayne Wade and Shaq in two thousand and six. Lakers have a year's worth of championship experience, championship caliber players who come in and out of those doors. Shaq, Kobe, Wilt, Kareem, Magic, list goes on and on. So my problem is that if Russ, if they never thought that Russ was the best fit for the team, they have leverage over LeBron because LeBron is just one player, but you are an organization that has produced dynasties. So you, I mean, and your basketball in mind, you would assume that they would know the game of basketball, right? Mm-hmm. That they would understand it to some extent where they would be like, maybe Russ might not be the best fit. Maybe we should go to Rosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, how good would he have looked on this team? Man? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm getting at? Like, <clears throat> yeah. It just doesn't it doesn't click for me because I feel that there's a problem. I feel that in all of the leverage, I mean, like the king is the king. LeBron, greatest player of all time, in my opinion, and in your opinion. I, we've already discussed this. Yeah. But there there comes a time where you got to be like, wait a second. We know championship caliber players, and I'm sorry that Russ just isn't that type of player. You know what I mean? You can step in. You can veto this. You don't have to definitely. Okay, listen, we're going to give you exactly what you want because we gave you because you got you gave us AD. You gave us the championship. You know what I mean? The first championship since Kobe, and <clears throat> but we you have to in your you know in your so so called infinite wisdom you have to be like we know you know I w- I would trust a front office that has produced champ that has produced champions before you know in its history to make the better choice over a player, in my opinion, you know? Yeah. And I feel they just dropped the ball on that. They they decided yeah. not to get Buddy Hill. They decided not to get DeRozan. They decided to ship away all of our defensive talent for, for Russ. And, I, I mean, look how that season turned out. Not saying that I'm mad at Russ, that I don't feel that he was a great player, but I just feel that the season kind of exposed him. It kind of put a real, uh, like, uh, <clears throat> Put a, I mean, it's like in a dark tunnel. They put a flashlight on Russ and was like, "Hey, wait a second, are you out there hiding?" Like it's like we we didn't, you're not the player that we thought you were, especially because like in Oklahoma and places like that, the flashlight and the spotlight is not so much on you. That so like not in the way it is in L.A. In L.A., it's like very hard for for you not to be pointed out and be like, "Wait, you kind of suck." It's very hard for for you to get away with that. You know what I mean? Like, it's very hard for people not to notice that you don't play defense. That's something he doesn't. It's not very hard for people not to notice that you have a terrible shooting percentage because they're going to notice these things because in L.A., especially playing next to LeBron, you're going to have a bigger spotlight on you. So everything will be scrutinized under more scrutiny than what it normally is. In Oklahoma, mm-hmm. he, he's been he's been the same player forever. But in Oklahoma and in Houston, he got away with it. Yeah. I'm stepping on my yeah. soapbox, but... I, I would disagree to a certain extent. I don't really want to put all the blame on Russ like that. I do think it's a bad fit. I'll agree with that point. And I will agree that Russell Westbrook is a guy that needs the right situation to win an NBA championship that fits around him. And I don't think the Lakers did a good enough job fitting the right pieces around him. But if we're being completely honest... There's probably six situations in the, in the league when he was at his peak where if you put him on that team, he makes them an NBA champion and, and greatly improves them. One example was if you traded and you put 2015-2016 Russ and you traded him for Ben Simmons and you paired him with Joel Embiid and then they eventually get Jimmy Butler, that's a special team because they have spacing. Mm-hmm. They had other guys other than Embiid like Danny Green and um, old shooters uh, that they used to have, like Korkmaz. Actually, I think Korkmaz is still on the team. But, you know, there's some teams that he fits, but he's not universal. And I think that is a good point. Like Kyrie Irving, universal. Luka Doncic, universal. Trey Young, universal. Because they can score from the perimeter. And that's a skill that works on 32 teams. Right. um, At an elite NBA championship level. So I feel like that's the more accurate... Takeaway, and I do feel like one of the underrated things 
is, if we're going to be honest, he has slowly been declining athletically. And he's an athletically based player. It's not really the same as it used to be 2016, 2017. It's a natural thing that comes with time. Um, so I, that's where, I mean, I do think DeRozan was, you move heaven and earth to get DeMar, especially looking back at it now. Um, and that's just the sad reality is usually you can't look back at it after it happens. You got to grab it when the moment is there. Yeah. <clears throat> Like, and then the Buddy Hill thing. I mean, like, you, what we were missing this year as Lake, I mean, you know, part, as part of Laker Nation, you know what I mean, for the Lakers, is that you were missing shooting. You were missing defending. Defending is what you had. You had Caruso, who turned out to be a definitely, like, a top defender in the league, and now he's playing for the Bulls. You know what I mean? You got rid of KCP. Mm-hmm. Yes, he runs around and fouls some games. He may not give you points, but he's a, top, he's a, he's a good defender. I mean, like, a lot of these guys that we had on our team, you gave away. And now, and now we just have to like we have to look back, evaluate the season. I mean, yeah, you can fire Frank Vogel, but what are you going to do personnel wise? Something has to change. You have to bring in defenders. You have to bring in shooters. Get a little bit younger, not too much younger, because you want championship experience. But you have to get younger. I mean, you can't have the old folks home. You know what I mean? As your starting lineup, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it's it was just a wasted season, and I hope they figure it out next year. I've heard some rumors that they might trade him for Brogdon and Heald or something like that, and I would love that kind of trade. They would fit so perfectly in L.A. You know, I they just need to move him and hit restart, um, or LeBron needs to move something of that nature. But they, the you know he's. You just got to move that salary and try your best. It doesn't. I don't care if you move him for a crappy bunch of players. Move the salary. Yeah, that's the, that's the point. You got to move that salary and make moves in free agency. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, <clears throat> so things that I've been hearing is actually like AD might be on the chopping or might be on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. I, that I agree with. Yes, the best type of player. Is a player that can play games. Mm-hmm. He can't. He's availability. availability. You know what I mean. The best. The, let me rephrase that. Thank you. The best type of ability is availability. Mm-hmm. He's not available. We know he's made a paper mache. He has glass bones. You know what I mean. He stubs his toe and out for two weeks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. How is how are we going to ever see him take the mantle from the king and you know let him release his load a little bit? You know, I mean, relieve his load a little bit. If he's not ever available, then you get stuck with a Russ and LeBron. That doesn't work. We see that doesn't work because it's just too. It's not enough balls on the floor. LeBron is a, is a is a ball dominant guy. Russ is ball dominant. The only person who can play off ball really is you know is like LeBron or AD. But you know mm. like because Le- AD doesn't really bring the ball up the court. He's he's creates for himself. He creates for himself from like a certain range. He creates for himself in the post. These the the other two the latter. What I, I would rather say, like LeBron and AD, they need the ball in their hand. I mean, LeBron and Russ, they need the ball in their hands consistently. That's mm. how they play make. You, yeah. we, so, something has to happen. You have to be available. If, you know, the, just imagine the season if AD was healthy and maybe playing at a championship level. Because honestly, in my wholehearted opinion, and I might be wrong, and I think you might agree with me when I say this, is that AD, since he won the championship, has taken several steps back. He's not the same player yes. anymore. I feel like he's yes. become complacent. He's like, I got one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be recognized forever. You know what I mean? As winning in the bubble, I'm going to be recognized forever as a championship caliber player, but I don't ever have, have to show my show my ability again. So he kind of mm-hmm. t- he's taking several steps back, and I wish that that wasn't the case because a lot of guys, they win, and they're like, okay, I got to turn it up a notch. He won mm-hmm. and was like, I'm going to relax now. Yeah. I, he it, it, It's definitely very true, and I think those are all really good points, and I feel like everybody is available that's not LeBron. And you just got to build from there. And that's, yeah. that's going to be the fun part. And either that or LeBron leaves. It's one of the two. Um, it makes me sad, though, because I don't really trust the organization. But, I mean, there's some guys that I would love for them to poach coaching-wise. I've heard of Nick Nurse as an option. I would love him. I think he's very, very high-level top 10 coach. Quinn Snyder... Um, who I don't really want to give away now about what I think about a certain award, but I think he's just so spectacular, and the Jazz don't really have much going for them in the future. Um, so, I, you know, there's some guys that could be poached. Yeah. I, 
<clears throat> One thing I will say is that Nick Nurse is a really highly defensive coach. I do see that Quinn Snyder could be a good candidate as well. Just don't give us Doc and don't give us – and I mean, like, just don't give us Doc. Just, that's the one yeah. coach I don't want. I don't want Doc because mm-hmm. he's still coaching right now. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're like – Doc Rivers might be a front runner, but he's still a coach right now, isn't he? Like, he hasn't been fired yet. So, basically, what you're telling me is that this guy is on the chopping block from the third team in the last 10 years – and you want to pick him up? You think he's going to change? I, I, mm. That's not a that's not a good idea. And that's something that the Lakers front office would do. They would hire Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. That's just that's that's the type of mentality our, the front office has right now. Yeah. All right. <coughs> ready to <coughs> yeah. tra- shift gears here to the uh, the MVP stuff, all the awards that the voting on. So we're going to react to. Yeah, do you want to go through the um, the mock, right, what they have? Yeah. So this is what Bleacher Report had, right? It's Bleacher Report staff picked its NBA award winners for the season. It's on Instagram. So for Coach of the Year, they have Taylor Jenkins, which is the coach of the Grizzlies. No. Most I disagree play- with. You have, you, okay, you want me to go through them, or do you want us to do one by one? Oh, I thought we were doing one by one. But yeah, you can, You. what do you think we should do? One by one or go through them all? let's go through them all and then we'll go back through them okay <clears throat> so then the most improved player they have jordan Poole for the warriors and then for the defensive player of the year they have Giannis antetokounmpo rookie of the year they have evan mobley six men of the year they have tyler hero most valuable player they have nikola Jokic. dear god so starting with the coach of the year what are you thinking Taylor Jenkins. I don't think it's a bad option. I don't want to say that at all. But my guy is somebody I teased earlier is Quinn Cook. Go look at that team. Quinn Snyder, sorry. Quinn Snyder, yeah. Go look at that team. They are the five seed in the West. They have Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, old Mike Conley who doesn't do much anymore. They don't even have Joe Ingles anymore. Everybody in that team looks old and decrepit. The fact that that is like the Lakers, where it's like everybody's like, oh, they're old as heck. This is a retirement home. Like the Utah Jazz are a retirement home. And he has utilized Donovan Mitchell so well that he's a superstar. And he's completely maximized him and run the offense through him. And he has pulled the greatest trick of the past 10 years, which has tricked the NBA media into thinking Rudy Gobert is the best set defensive player in the league. That is genius. Yeah. He, he has not just milked every ounce of... T- this, this Utah Jazz team this year went through a lot of injuries... That Utah Jazz team, in my opinion, is a 12, no, I'm going to go 10 seed in the West right now, just off of talent. And that's with Donovan Mitchell, because the rest of the talent is terrible. Mm-hmm. Quinn Snyder it coaches every last ounce of talent into that team into wins. Mike Conley doesn't do much any- anymore. He's just not highly skilled, but he maximizes Mike Conley. Bogdan Bogdanovich has never been an amazing player, but he completely maximizes him. The rest of that team is very below average, and Quinn Snyder has soaked every little ounce that has been had. And to be honest with you, the Memphis Grizzlies have a ton of talent. Dylan Brooks averages 20. Desmond Bain averages 18. John Morant, freak of nature, top 10 player in the league. Jaron Jackson Jr., 18 points per game level guy. And then they have Steven Adams, who's, who does the role. And they got Zaire Williams. They got Kyle Anderson. Like, that team's talented. Like, I would look at that GM and be like, dear goodness, you've done a great job. Mm-hmm. And be like, the head coach is a very good head coach. I, I'm cool with if they give him the award. But my guy is Quinn Snyder, head coach. Mm. So I see what you're saying, but I'm more on the on the side of Taylor Jenkins. Okay. Um, I'm glad I finally figured out what his name is. But yeah, I'm more on the side of that because 
you know how I view the Grizzlies. I view the Grizzlies as one of those teams that could possibly take it all this year if it was such a weird NBA season where everybody's hurt, it's, people are not playing. You know what I mean? It's just like it's wide mm-hmm. open. It's like for the taking for anybody. Matchups are a big part of the NBA, and the NBA matchups are being taken advantage of. Grizzlies get the right matchup. They're taking. They're running through the West. It's going to be that easy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, I just think that not with – I would say that they – he has maximized the talent of the Grizzlies to the point where I can That's look not at crazy it that way. To say. Yeah, huh? I completely understand where you're coming from. So where we, so where I would, me, me personally, I don't know who else may see him like this. I mean, besides like Grizzly fans, but like me personally, I see them as a championship contender. Like he's maximized the talent. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Like think about this for a second. Like okay, so you draft Jaw, right? Jaw's instant, 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 instant. Dylan Brooks comes in mm-hmm. instant. But then, like, you look at Desmond Bain, you're like, wait a second. I didn't even know he was on this team for a second. And he just comes out and drops, tw- like, 30, 23, 25. He's like, big number, big number, big number. Jaron Jackson, big numbers, big numbers. These guys are fun to watch. I just think that he's really outcoached what people thought that the Grizzlies would be. Starting last year with the drafting of John ja- ja Morant. I think that's really what happened this year. So I feel like he's really taken the talent. Like, yeah, you, you're right. It is great talent. But he's taken that talent and he maximized it. It's like his ultimate. I, I want to feel like it's at his ultimate right now. It's at his peak. This is like the next dynasty coming. This is the new Golden State coming. Like young talent, hungry guys who just want to win, who have, who are, win- like everybody who's surrounded by John Morant are winners. That's very rare in today's NBA. You may have mm-hmm. a few stragglers. You may have a couple winners. But these guys play winning basketball. And they're having fun while yeah. doing it. I, I would give it to Taylor Jenkins, honestly. I, I, I personally think that the Grizzlies are one of the best teams in NBA. And that, like I said, they have the potential the potential right matchup to blow it all the way open and take the West. Yeah. Because I, totally I don't think a team can stop them. I don't think any other team can stop them. Yeah. I don't think they can be stopped either. What's the uh, next award? Um, sorry. That's okay. My phone died. Uh, Jordan Poole for most improved. Um, John Morant was averaging like 19 points per game last year. How is this even a decision discussion? Like, the man yeah. is he? He's he went from top. 40 player in the NBA to he what he did really do if you really are a basketball addict like us which uh-huh. you guys should be you know we love the game is if you watched him lose his mind in the 8 seed in last year in the playoffs even though they got swept he showed signs of what this season has been so he took that playoff momentum into this year I mean if the guy's averaging less than 20 points per game last year and he's averaging 27.4 seven and six on you know a team that's like the second best team in the in the west like why is this even a discussion Chris like I understand people don't want to give it to him because he's so obvious and I love Jordan Poole. and if you again love our podcast you would know that we had him as the sixth man of the year before the season started we were telling you how amazing he was gonna be but yeah you know so it's no diss here we see what everybody else is there but John Morant's the obvious choice yeah this is a weird one um for me because I can see both sides. I can see the John Morant one I can see the Jordan Poole one um, it was really hard for me to lean one way or the other because mm-hmm. I mean I think Jordan Clarkson won it last year, but I mean I thought that Jordan Poole should have got it last year, you know. So, um, because he was already showing flashes. So, I mean I feel like the way that this award is right now, um, is kind of like the media being late to the Jordan Poole party. Yeah, and they're like finally realizing, like, hey, wait, this guy is good. We're sorry about being wrong about you. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. Here's this award. <laughs> it's like a con- it's like a consolation award. I don't want to give him a consolation award. You know, like yeah. it's yeah. like we missed it last year, but you can have it this year. We'll say you're improved. <laughs> it's like, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A hundred percent correct. Um. So I mean, I personally, I can't lean either way because, like. I mean, I see the jaw thing. Like, that might be where I would lean most, but I can't lean to a Jordan Poole because I just feel like it's just 
it's just the media trying to correct a wrong from last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. So, you know what? I, I'll agree. John Morant will be my most improved. Yeah. It's hard to disagree with a star like that. Yeah. And you love the Grizzlies. Of course. Yeah. What's next? Um, defensive player of the year, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo. I honestly can't disagree with this because Draymond Green didn't play enough games. I, yeah. I think Giannis is the second best defender in the league. I, 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 I feel like that's pretty obvious. I mean, Anthony Davis, when he's motivated, is second, but Giannis is consistent, plays every night. He's number he's number two for me. Yeah, Giannis is like the new Iron Man. He plays every game, hundred ten percent. He's like Russ seven. He's like a seven foot tall Russ. That's what he is. That's honestly a phenomenal comparison. And this is very, very good comparison by you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree. I mean, also, I couldn't agree with you more, though. Go ahead. A little bit of a side note. I've been listening to his audio book. Well, I guess his auto autobiography. Basically, when somebody else writes a book about you, his life story, Chris, is ridiculous. Like, he was an immigrant from Nigeria and, like, went to Greece and he was selling like trinkets with the side of the road. Is like his parents and his family were like very, very much in poverty to the point where he was skipping meals regularly in practices and like fainting in practices. Mm. And like his life story, Chris, is so ridiculously inspiring that it, he'll have a movie one day. There's gonna be a world class movie that's gonna come out in this guy. It's crazy. Some of the stuff that he dealt with, like there's. There's even like a faction of Greece that was like left over from Germany when they used to be like a Nazi Germany that was in Greece when he was growing up and was like extremely racist uh, group of people that like literally seeked out people that looked like him, like Mm. just like immigrants into that country. Like his story is so ridiculously amazing. So um, I've really, really loved the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody loves a good story where, you know, people overcome and, like, become something great. And he's definitely overcome yes. a lot. I do. I, w- I would love to check out that autobiography if you have the name. Oh, I have it on my audio book. I'll just share, share it with you. Uh, oh, bad. Audible. <clears throat> All right. What's next? Who do we have next? We have the Rookie of the Year, Evan Mobley. This is. I'm gonna disagree and go with Cade. Ooh, Cade's, I wasn't expecting that. Cade's gotten to the point in time where Evans at 15, Cade's at 17, and averaging five assists. Cade, Cade is like Evan Mobley, where they impact the game more than just the stats. Evan yeah. Mobley does it defensively. Cade does it with the passing ability. And when they're like close like that, I'm gonna lean to the guy that's a- averaging more points per game. And the eye test tells me he's a little, he's probably the best rookie right now. I still think Jalen Green has more upside than everybody else, but you know, there's no shade on Kate. I really, I, I even said when he was coming out that he's a number one pick. I just love Jalen Green a lot, so I would go Kate. Me being a Cavalier faithful, I would go Evan Mobley. <laughs> All right, I would go Evan. Um. You know, just because, like, I seen what he was able to do, just instantly stepping on the floor for the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers have become a playoff contending team, even though they're in a play-in right now. Like, still, mm-hmm. that team is very young, and they're really ready, like, right now. Like, yes. And that was all with the adding of Evan Mobley. I'm pretty sure they'll do well in the draft again, grab another solid piece. That GM is doing great over there. Yeah. Um, Evan Mobley would be my rookie of the year. I think it was between him and Scotty Barnes, and I think that Cade was kind of like third or maybe second in that. But um, I would definitely give it to Evan Mobley just just because, like, I think that the rookie of the year, you know, if if it's sometimes not if it's not a winning team, sometimes winning goes over, and Detroit mm-hmm. is not a really great team right now. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think Evan Mobley would take it just off that, and I would I would I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset about it either. Yeah, I, f- I feel like it's a toss-up between those two. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty does do a lot of things for the Toronto Raptors, though, so he's in there, too. Yeah, he's a very good player. Yeah. Th- those three guys would be around for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. I should have seen how good of a fit he would be, especially in the transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always learning, Chris. I make mistakes. Yeah. You always be right. Yeah. Exactly. 
All right, but what's next? Go when ahead. we are right, remember, you heard it here first. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> um, okay, let's see what we got here. Um, we have six men of the year tell a hero. This is a non-discussion. Like, this is so obvious. It's him by a mile. Yeah. Yeah. Miami Heat are going to play him at two guard next year, and they're going to be like, oh, we really made the mistake of not playing him six man. We'll be right then. I'll just wait my time. Exactly. Time. <laughs> yeah, you'll definitely, yeah, just buy your time, Jason. You said this earlier. <laughs> you, you know what you're talking about. I trust, you know, I see it as well. It's, it doesn't yeah. make sense that he's coming off the bench, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> most valuable player, Nikola Jokic. Here we go. Yep. I am ready to blow off, Chris. I'm listening. I'm ready for this. I've been waiting. It's Joel Embiid by a mile. Yes, and sir. I, I think we have to put things in perspective. Okay. You ready for this? A little bit of a walk down memory lane. Let's just look at some historical center seasons. Just David Robinson sound like a good player to you, Chris? Oh, good for sure. Player. Okay. Joel Embiid this year averaged 30.6 points per game. 11.7 rebounds, 4.2 assists, 1.5 blocks, 1.1 steal. Don't know how he's pulling that off. He averaged 81% from the free throw line, shot 37% from the three-point line, and shot 50% from the field. I'm just going to put that out there statistically. Oh, and he only played 33.8 minutes a game. Okay. Wow. David Robinson, really good player. Amazing. Top 20 player of all time on my list, on our list. His best season, 29.8 points per game. 3.3 blocks, 10.7 uh, rebounds, 2.9 assists. So much worse of a shooter. And shooter-wise, uh, yeah, shot 30% from the three. Oh no, 34% from the three-point line. So David Robinson did not have a better season at his peak than Joel Embiid. Okay, let's just keep on go rolling with guys because it's not like Jason's not setting you up for something. Let's go with the Olajuwon. That guy sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not like his peak season was 27.8 points on 3.4 blocks, 3.5 assists, 10.8 rebounds, and was shooting like 333, 313% from the three-point line, averaging 2.2 shots, three-point shots a game. That guy guy sounds kind of good, right? So Joel Embiid's season's better than two guys in from the 10 to 20 greatest players of all time. All right, let's just throw out somebody ridiculous like Shaq. You know, Shaq is Shaq. Oh, his best season is 29.7 points per game, three blocks, 13.6 rebounds, and shoots 50% from the three-throw line, like we all know, and can't shoot a three-point shot of leg. So Joel Embiid's this current season is averaging more points per game than any season Shaquille O'Neal had in his career or Dominique, not Dominique Wilkins. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. David Robinson or Hakeem Olajuwon has ever had in his career. And the only player not named Wilt Chamberlain that has done that one season, and actually two seasons, my bad, is Kareem. Kareem had two years, 31.7, 34.8, and never scored more points per game than Joel Embiid is doing this year. I just listed top 20 players of all time and some people's top five. Some people think Kareem's the greatest center of all time. Joel Embiid is having such a historically relevant center season. And for some reason, nobody actually knows basketball. I don't know what we're doing here. 
He is so dominant that he everybody's talking about Giannis for KD versus KD. You know who might really be the best guy in the league? Joel Embiid. Yeah. You know why? It's because of physical dominance. He has decided this year to not shoot as much from the mid-range in three-point shot and just to play with his big body and dominate like nobody else can in the post, in the paint. Mm-hmm. He is having a historically amazing NBA season where he's been so dominant that the reason why is because you can't guard him. Double teams, triple teams, does not matter against Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is revolutionizing the center position with his skill level also on top of all of his size. He is basically probably the best player in the NBA, or he has to be in the conversation. At least in the conversation. If you don't have him in the top five, I don't trust you. Yeah, He is... You have to put this in perspective. He had a better season than Hakeem had in his career. David Robinson had in his career. Shaq ever had in his career. And if we brought this up in a conversation, who's better, Joel Embiid, David Robinson? People say David Robinson. Who's better, Joel Embiid or Hakeem Olajuwon? Da- J- Joel- Hakeem Olajuwon, which I probably still might say, but it's close. Who's better, Shaq or Embiid? Now, I would still say Shaq, but we have to put in perspective what kind of season he is having. He has played 68 games, and he is having historically amazing season. I swear to God, if he doesn't get the MVP and has a top four seed in the East, I'm literally going to lose my shit, Chris. When has that ever happened? By far the best player having the the best season out of anybody, not even close, and we're putting him not an MVP. Like, Nikola Jokic is a good player, but he's one of those players, when you're a great passer, you get easier looks. Why? The defense doesn't play you as close. The defense can't double-team you because Nikola Jokic is going to tear you up. Is that part of his gifts? Yes. Does he have a positive influence more on a team more than just his stats? Yes. But what Joel Embiid does is be so ridiculously dominant that nothing can be stopped, and it makes defenses overextend to such an extreme extent that is more valuable than Jokic's passing. It's because if you would actually watch Shaq versus uh, Jokic to nail down the point, Shaq would uh, just destroy the inside so much that everything in the offense defensively had to be focused inside which makes everything easier from everybody else. You have to understand that some players are just underrated, and this is the guy. He legitimately might be the best player in the NBA. Seriously, Chris. And it's him by a mile for the MVP, and if he doesn't get it, I'm going to riot. <laughs> now, you just basically said everything. Like, I feel like I got to find my place where I can, like, comment. <laughs> but I don't see anywhere where you are wrong. I, I can't disagree anywhere. In my mind, I don't. I can't disagree. Because I see everything you're saying. I understand everything you're saying. This right here works. I'm pointing to my brain for if you're not watching. So, um, <laughs> so how can I say this? I got it. So... Every single time we have this conversation, Nikola Jokic versus Embiid, I always say the exact same thing, and you know where I'm going with this, Jay. I always say yeah. that Joel Embiid is the most dominant center, and Nikola Jokic is the most skilled center. And this year, Joel Embiid has truly shown off his true dominance of the league. And yes. I can't understand why we are taking Giannis versus KD and not throwing Joel Embiid in that situation because Joel Embiid really carves up those two teams. And the thing is, a lot of people have this argument where it's like, oh, Joel Embiid is only great right now because he has James Harden and it's taken a lot of of looks away from him. Let me tell you that James Harden has only been there for about two months. We're talking about an entire season worth. You don't get MVP off two months. No. You don't average 36.6 points off of two months. This is if it's over 82 games. So, so if, you know, let's, I'll humor you. So, I mean, James Harden, maybe 60 days, 60 day, I mean, maybe like 60, 60 days worth. So, it's about maybe 12 to 11 games, 11 to 12 games, maybe a little bit more. 
out of 82. So that means that Joel Embiid has been dominating the game for at least 60 to 70 games out of the season. And James Harden has only been around on that team for maybe about 11 games mm. toward the end of the season. Make that make sense how he's not the most dominant player, how he cannot be the best player in the NBA right now at this very moment when he has dominated. He has shown, I guess it's because the game has become easier, but who didn't need a second in command? This offense, this is because Ben Simmons refused to play, has flowed through Embiid. This is the most efficient the Sixers team has ever looked when it's flowing through Embiid. This Sixers team is definitely a legitimate team right now. They added James Harden. We're hoping that he shows up. I don't know if he will or not. He kind of disappears in the playoffs a little bit, but that's not the point of this. The point of this is that we have to pinpoint and focus on Joel Embiid as a possible candidate for the greatest player in the NBA right now. The best player. We can't just, you can't push up and hold everybody, and hold Giannis and KD in your hand and put them like, okay, we're going to put them all the way up here. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, wait, Joel Embiid is averaging more points than both of these guys put together. Wait a second. We can't put him up there. We got to drop him down here because you got James Harden. Okay, KD has Kyrie, one of the best scorers in NBA history. Um, Giannis is by himself, but he, that's just different. I mean, like, he has two other players next to him. He has a great coach in Budenhoser. I mean, you have Doc Rivers with... Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid doesn't have Ben Simmons anymore, and he has role players around him. Okay, and, a Ty- and Tyrese Maxey, who's 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 really coming into himself, who might win most improved player next year. I mean, that's all that's there for 60-something games before James Harden mm-hmm. gets there. And James Harden hasn't yeah. even been the best player on that team. He's not. No, not not at all. The The crazy thing is... I th- I think it's like an NBA media thing where G- Giannis is the great storyline and Embiid is the storyline that does not fit the storyline. Yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo is supposed to win it. Jokic is supposed to win it. They're supposed to look like they really understand basketball. But you know what? They don't Joel Embiid ruined the party by losing his mind and they just don't want to give him his reward that he has earned rightfully. And I don't even really think it's close. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, he's literally averaging 19.6 attempts a game. Like he, the field goal attempts he has is only less than Giannis in the top 10, nine guys in this ranking. Like, it's just, it's like 37% from the three, three point line, three point line this year. Like that is what? That's that's insane. Who like this? He's a demigod, and, and I just. I mean, I honestly think peak versus peak, he is now moved above David Robinson on the all-time center list. It is he's behind Hakeem, Shaq, uh, Kareem, Wilt, and he's bridging into that top five. Moses Malone, he's better. He's 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 better than a lot of these guys. Patrick Ewing, better. Like he's he's just such a special guy. Having such a special peak season, it should be respected more. And it's just it's sad to see somebody not get the respect. Yeah, it is sad. So <clears throat> for our MVP, we would have Joel Embiid. I think that's a consensus here on this on this podcast. Because we watch basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We watch games. We analyze games. This is what we do. Um, so, yeah, that's all the awards, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you want to add? Well, I mean, we do should do all NBA teams. Do you want to do those? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, there's not any, any mocks for those, so if you want to just tell yours. Uh, we can just go through it together. Okay, that's fine. Our center is Joel Embiid. Agreed? Yeah, agreed. Uh, forwards get tough because you got to fit LeBron, Giannis, and KD into two spots, and Giannis yeah, has so played some- eleven or twelve more games respectively than both of them. Somebody gets left off, and I think they were trying to put Giannis and Jokic together and make them forwards. So then they works. push LeBron always to like the third or second team, and then KD to like the third or second team. It doesn't really work. 
I don't know if they're going to do that, but we're not going to do that for this podcast. If that's if that's what the new rule is going to be, we're not going to break the rule. You have to play and show and improve. So what I would do personally is, I know this may sound a little weird. I'm just going to give mine, and we can talk about it if you want to. Joel and B at center. We already agreed on that. I would put Giannis and KD in the first team all NBA. LeBron would kind of slide down to two for me. I think Giannis and LeBron. I think LeBron has played one more game, averages more points and more assists. Statistically, he is the guy, and my eye test tells me he's the guy over KD. That's arguable. How do you wanna? How do you wanna decide this? I mean, because I mean, how many more games? He says one more game, really? Literally I mean, but, one. But LeBron's KD, played one more. It's but, so close. It's true. Yeah, because Katie just came back. You know what? You're right. 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 I, I do. I, normally, I would challenge, but I can't right now because it's just you're right. He Katie did just come back. He hasn't played the entire season like LeBron, pretty much. LeBron mm-hmm. only missed like twenty, like eleven, ga- twelve games. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's twelve. The entire season. So yeah, LeBron and Giannis for that one at least. Okay, and then we have a, a guard and then a point guard. Two guards. Two guards. Who would you go? Hmm, Kyrie? No, Steph. Let's play more games. That yeah, Steph has played sixty four games, but he's averaging twenty five. Luca's played sixty five games. He's averaging, their goodness, twenty eight point four. Trey's played 76 games, averaging 28.4. Jaws, I've played 57 games, averaging 27.4. That's the big guards here. And D-Book has played 68 games, averaging 26.9. I feel like you can't leave off Booker from the first team. I would totally disagree. I, okay, wait, wait, wait. Who's played more again? Because this is this is where this is where it gets weird. Because like the it's been a, such an injury riddled season that it's like yeah. you're looking at you're basically going down to like who's played more games. Trey Young out of the group has played the most at seventy six. D books the next one below at sixty eight. Luca and Steph have both played. No, my bad. Lucas played sixty five. Steph played sixty four. Um. Kai's played 29, and uh, John Morant's played 57. Mm. Yeah, because he Steph is out right now too, isn't he? I think yeah. he's still out, so no, he can't I, win it. I would personally go Luca and Trey. I think Trey's played enough games, and he's literally the second leading scorer uh, by a lot, and I think he's leading his team, and those teams just sucks defensively. And Luca speaks for himself. I mean, Luca's Luca's Luca. That would be my two. That's kind of I was leaning toward Trey for sure. You said okay. Luca. Yeah, yeah. Because what is it? The the difference is. Is three games between him and D Book, right? Sixty eight, sixty five. Yeah, I, I like Luca a little bit more though. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Trey, Trey Luca, Trey Luca is fine with me. All right, sounds good with me. Um, who is? I'm guessing the center is Nikola Jokic. Yeah, fair. Okay, and we left off uh, KD. So KD should probably be here. And Tatum. Uh, well, Demar. DeMar counts as a forward, and he's played 76 games, and he averages more points per game than Tatum. But I think Tatum's the better player, so it's, like, really a toss-up. I would, I would give it... Tatum has really tur- turned the Celtics around this year. They're a four-seed right now. Yeah. All right, I can go with that. I can move a Tatum. I, I think he's the better player, and I think people should choose these more off of better players. So we'll go Tatum and KD. Tatum and KD, and then <clears throat> the guards... Yes. This tough. I would, because Jaws played so little games, I would probably go Steph and D-Book. Yeah. That's where I was going. So that's our second team? Yeah. And the third team would be... Cata Center. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
cat yeah cat is agree agreeable so uh the there's two forwards that stand out here and it's Demar and Levine. Can you agree on Demar and Levine? The only person other than him is Jalen Brown. Like it's a pretty big drop off after Levine. Demar and Levine. Okay. The Marvelous DeRozan. Yes. It's a fact. And then the guard options are uh this is where it gets interesting. So we have John Morant left, Donovan Mitchell left, Shea Gilgis Alexander left. Um, I would probably probably go Ja D Mitch as the two guards. Yeah, because Kyrie played fifty percent. was play, was a hat with a part time player for majority of the season. Yeah, he has he has twenty nine games played. Yeah, so yeah, I'll go. I would go with with the Ja and D Mitch. Yeah, I feel like most people would put Ja high, but when you're playing fifty seven games, it's hard to go high. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, what do you think about all defensive team off the top of the head? Drew Holiday. Yeah. Uh, I throw in Tease. Tease, Tease Thibel. Yeah. Um, Draymond Green only played like forty-four games, so I don't really think he's eligible. Damn. Um, Giannis. Of course, Giannis. Yeah, Giannis. But would he be Bam. a center? Giannis would be power. Be a forward. Be a forward. Okay. I would have Bam first team center. Bam. Oh wait, because dang, Lonzo did get uh, injured. He's out for the season. Yeah. That's a fact. That's a sad fact. He would. He would have been up here for sure. Yeah. Um. um we need another guy that can defend the forward. The forward, George. I don't think he played enough games. Paul George played thirty-one games. Yeah, not enough. Yeah, he would. He would end up on like the second team. Um, shit. Um, hmm. Smart? No, he wouldn't because would he be considered a forward? Yeah, we still no. He's not a forward. No, okay. Jimmy Butler. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler yeah. for sure. So that would be the first team. I think I think Chris Paul's still a good enough defensive guard where I th- I think him and Marcus Smart would be the guys. I can't think of anybody else outside of that. Yeah. Um who do you think is center? Are we really gonna go with the GOAT here, Rudy Gobert? <laughs> no. Do we have to? I think we might have to. I think I think because I mean, unless you really think Embiid is that guy, um, Anthony Davis sadly isn't playing, so I, I think it is Rudy Gobert. Um, we might need to make a little bit of a change at the forward position. We forgot about Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where we fit in at. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. change that then. I think he's first team with the honest. Yeah, yeah. So then I would probably have. Um, Rudy, second team, because he is good at one okay, thing. Fair. He's good at blocking shots. Um, yeah. so who do we have at guards? We had Smart and Paul. Smart and Paul. So we need two forwards, right? Mm-hmm. I would personally think about three guys here: Pascal, Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes, Evan Mobley. I would. Scotty oh, Jimmy and Evan Butler. Mobley. I thought, oh, oh, we didn't put Jimmy Butler in there? Scotty and yeah, Jimmy. We need, yeah, we <sighs> I would disagree and go with Evan. I think Evan Mobley really is positionless in guards one through five. That's why I would go Evan over Scotty. He's a better shot blocker at the rim. So Jimmy and Evan? That would be my... That's where I think I would go. I think... I would say that, that that the Cavs do have great defense for sure, and it has improved since they had Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. And Toronto Raptors have always been a really decent defensive team because Nick Nurse is very Frank Vogelish when it comes to defense. Mm-hmm. I'm talking it out. I'm talking it out. Oh, it's okay. Take your time. 
I know I changed my mind a lot. <laughs> it seems like, mm-hmm. but I would go with Evan too. I can see that. He gets extra. He gets extra brownie points because he's a cavalier. That's a fact. He's got to be somewhere. Yeah. So, um, where do you do you think we should do um, all rookie teams first and second or not? Nah? I mean, cause I don't. I don't know anybody else. Like honestly, like rookie wise, nobody really improved or showed anything to me besides like outside of Cade, Mobley. Barnes. I mean, Davion Mitchell kind of got lost in the shuffle, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't know. I just honestly, me personally, wouldn't know. Yeah. Do you want to know somebody <laughs> that really hit the gas pedal at the end of the season? Jalen Green. Guess who's? Yeah. Yeah. He's point one point away from Kate, and he had like fifteen points per game two weeks ago. Dear goodness, yeah. man was going n- like nuclear for the past two weeks. That's insanity. Yeah, so I like. Uh, so do you want me to just kind of like walk through it? Because I can do it pretty quickly. Yeah, it's fine. It would be K. Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner, Evan Mobley at the center. Chris Duarte as we'll just leave him as a backup guard. Josh Giddy as a forward. Jalen Suggs as a second team guard. Uh, with Davion and Bones Highland just missing out. Alprin's Sangoons. I can't move. Looking as uh, <laughs> as second team center because there's nobody else. And Jonathan Kuminga because Kuminga's flash and ridiculousness. Which yeah. Is really quick, easy for everybody out there. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> And man, I'm so excited to watch Jalen Green just blow up next year, bro. Man, the, the guy averaged. Guess what his three point shooting percentage was this year, Jalen Green? What was it? Thirty four point three percent. I mean, come on, the potential is so there. The man's yamming on everybody, hitting that yacht yacht got of three. Like, oh yeah. my gosh! All he's got to do is put on muscle, and he's gonna scare the poo out of teams. All I have to say is, Jason, we were right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact, bro. That's a fact. We uh, were right. Go back and watch it from last year's draft podcast where Jason became yep. the GM, mm-hmm. narrated by moi. <laughs> he said, Jalen Green, oh my God, he's amazeballs. Check yes, it out. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's so special. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <clears throat> uh, right. I feel. Do you feel like this is a natural uh, stopping point as well? Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? No, I don't. I feel like this was productive, though. And you know, hey, everybody, the play-in tournament is a coming, and you know what that means. We're gonna know next week what the seating is, and you're gonna want to hear our brackets, our takes. Some already, my brain's already cooking. We're gonna have some good stuff for you. So come back next week and listen to the great greatest podcast on earth. Thank you, and I'm out. Also, also, <laughs> Chris. Yeah. So you know something funny? What? I don't know if we've tracked this, but it might be worth go looking back at. A little bit of a personal story here. When I was talking to my now girlfriend, I said to her on the first text message, which is such a basketball addict podcast of me, hey, I'm about to go report my podcast. I'll talk to you later. I think you're cute. That was my first (laughs) dating app intro, Um, which, you know, it was our first podcast episode. My girlfriend and I's year anniversary is this Sunday. You know what that might mean? It might mean our anniversary as a podcast might be this Sunday or the Sunday after. We're gonna I have to check. It, I think I it's do it right now. I think it is. I thought it was the fourth, but maybe it's the fourteenth. I can. We can. I'm gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna run it back. Oh yeah, we gotta gotta bring up Spotify. Also, also hey, hey, you see those ads? <laughs> yeah. We got that ad revenue. We're talking about year one goals. Dear goodness. Yeah. Grind it out from day one all, all day. There you go. And, you know, just one, one, you know, on top of that, just, you know, that we couldn't oh, Chris. have. What's up? We missed it. I know. It was the fourth, wasn't it? 
It was the third of April. Yeah. 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 Happy one year, partner. <laughs> I mean, about a year ago, we were talking about role players. That was our second podcast. It was role players yeah. April eighth? Evolution of Basketball Part One in the '60s. Oh, that was fun. Went yeah. All the Evolution of Basketball series. Dear goodness, that was so much fun. NBA playoffs. My favorite one from when we first started had to be the mid-season temperature check. That's the where we one. got the how came from the other phones. You can't get in. That's that where that so came good. from. Yes. That's where that came from. Day one. And if you, if you don't know, that's me making that voice. My voice goes that <laughs> high. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> that's where that came from. It came yeah. from our mid-season temperature check. We really was like, we, we were going to start this podcast, <clears throat> and we were like, we're going to record it. You know, actually... Little side note that Jason and I know that you guys don't know, but here's a quick story. So we actually started our podcast <laughs> at the end of March, <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> we recorded on, I think, Skype or something like that, uh, and it went terribly. <laughs> yes. terrible audio, yes. terrible, terrible, terrible. We did a go- we did a greatest of all time podcast right off the jump. That was <laughs> off the jump. <laughs> Never released, never seen the light of day. <laughs> Instead, no. we recorded that episode twice, actually. Yes. And then we finally was Multiple like, hours. <laughs> it really, it was, though. Yeah. We sat here for a long yes. time recording. Yes. We did that episode twice. And then we yes. finally was like, mid-season temperature check. <laughs> yep. And, and we haven't looked back since. <laughs> no, sir. The audio is crisp. Credit to Chris, yeah. Christopher Muhammad. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Magic Johnson of the podcast. There we go, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, well, I did right. want to say something real quick. It's just that you know, without you guys listening, without you guys constantly, you know, listening, tuning in, downloading, mm-hmm. and just being great fans, we wouldn't be where we are today. I mean, we're not. Yeah super famous but i believe we're famous in your hearts we're famous in our hearts um yeah. we we love that you come and that you listen to us and that you you know you look to us for you know to see what our ideas are what our takes are you know mm-hmm. we love that we love giving you you know our take on basketball because we truly do love the game we truly are addicted to basketball this is yeah. why we named it the basketball Addicts podcast and where we are today and where we are years from now we wouldn't be any of those places without you guys we did just want to just say thank you yeah, I think one of the most appreciative things about the podcast for me is like being able to come from the standpoint of like every time we drop an episode, we don't know what kind of personal things people got going on. You know what I mean? This might be an outlet for them for an hour just to think about basketball. We don't, you know, like I, I really feel like the positive impact that we could possibly have moving in the future and what we may have already had so far is just such a giving thing and. Uh, I definitely never want to take that for granted. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like we we definitely care about you guys as our fans. We care about everybody that listens. We want to be a community. We want you guys to just, you know, enjoy the basketball ride with us and enjoy being first because, you know, as we grow, more people are going to join, more people are going to want to listen, but you're going to be able to say that you listen to them first. You listen yeah. to them early before anybody else and nobody's ever going to be able to take that away from you and uh yeah it's you know in the future who knows i mean might be interviewing nba draft guys you know what i mean and you can be on a list of people that have been interviewed by somebody that interviewed somebody that was going in the nba because yeah you know what i mean like it's it's really really cool what the future can hold and what our possible impact from this podcast can be and i, I think it's a lot more than basketball no, oh no, yes, no, no, no. It's, it's it's more than basketball. It's definitely bigger yeah. than the game, and you know everything that Jason said and what I said previously. It just would not be possible without without you guys listening. It just wouldn't yeah. be. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's just one, two, three, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it's somebody. You know. What I yeah. Mean? Yeah. The, the fact that you progress. tune in is progress. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so. One thing I will say is that, you know, if you like and enjoy us, you know what I mean? Share with a friend. <laughs> maybe they'll <laughs> like and enjoy us too. And then maybe they'll share with a friend. And then we, like, we can just keep growing this community together and we can do more mm-hmm. things. You know what I mean? You can meet us, you know, like <clears throat> maybe not in person. 
you know, right now at this very moment. But if you want to get on the podcast, I mean, we're always willing to have guests on. Always yeah. willing, always ready and willing. We love to hear your guys' points of view. You know, so we're mm-hmm. all like, I'm pretty sure again, we'll probably do that. Um, the draft again, you know, like we did before with the teams where we made our own oh, teams. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do fun. that again. Yeah. Maybe we might even be able to live stream the NBA draft and like, you know, comment on you got on the, with you guys, you know, that might be something mm-hmm. that might be coming in the future. Check, you know, mm-hmm. look for that merch coming soon, you know, so you can wear us proudly like we would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. Chris. Also, we have a couple bets. Um, we might have to wear Rudy Gobert jerseys. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm feeling pretty confident about that one. <laughs> I could chill back and just relax because I know that nothing. Literally, let's be honest here, Chris. Mm. Let's say zombies take over the world tomorrow and it's just the Utah Jazz. They're going to still shoot themselves in the foot. It'll be like, yeah, you have Donovan Mitchell, but we have three bench players and they can all shoot the three. So we're going to expose Rudy Gobert. All right. Game. See you later. Right. <laughs> we have Grayson Allen who can run a pick and roll. <laughs> You're still fucked. <laughs> right. I, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, so, maybe not, but that'd be fun. Yeah, too. it's an over <laughs> It's an over uh, So, yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, hey, remember, you heard it here first. That's a fact. Peace. <laughs> Ouch.